Micha is the project of vocalist, songwriter, musical theater composer, and actor Michelle J. Rodriguez. Her music combines her love for Latinx folk music and jazz. Micha was most recently a finalist for NPR's 2018 Tiny Desk Concert Series with her song Nena Nena Nena, which is a celebration of the power of Latinx female empowerment and solidarity. I got a chance to speak with Micha about her musical beginning in a choir in Kentucky and how moving to Chicago has impacted her music and sense of Puerto Rican identity. Micha also performed acoustic versions of two of her songs. This is my conversation with Micha. Hey everyone, you are listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Jesse Menendez, my in-studio guests, Sam Hastings and Micha, or Michelle Rodriguez. How are you, Micha? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm so excited that the two of you are here speaking with me. I was first introduced to your music. I saw a video you had submitted for NPR's Tiny Desk Contest, and I was like, this is fantastic. Two weeks later, you were performing at NPR's Tiny Desk Tour here in the city of Chicago. What was it like submitting that video and getting the response that you did, meaning you were one of the finalists? It was incredible. I had already spoken with the folks at Dojo TV. Alex Palma um, puts that together. He had approached me about doing some, a couple of live videos because we had connected at a at a show I did in March. So we were already slated to do these live videos, and there were maybe three or four days before the submission process. So I sent him an email, being like, "Hey, this is so crazy. I know you were trying to." Do these now so that you could release them like later in June. But could we do one for the Tiny Desk concert? And could you edit it in a, just a few days? And he was like so down for that, which was amazing. He like no pressure. Can you record this and turn it around tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, pretty like in really two days. So um, so we we had some songs we were gonna live record. I kind of did a switch back at the last minute, being like I have to. We have to do Nena 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 for this actually. Uh, we were, I was going to do another one, but it just felt really right. The felt like the kind of energy I wanted to give to that, to that tiny desk submission, and so then yeah, getting getting the email that I was um, chosen, it was so personal and so nice. Like we love your music, we would love to have you open for this show. So it was, it was, uh, it was amazing. So let's backtrack a little bit before we got to the tiny desk submission. Obviously, you had been making music, so let's track. Your arrival in the city of Chicago, gone through a different path here oh, and man. there, to say the least. Yeah. So you're from Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. I was raised in Washington State, just outside of Seattle, for a little while, and then in Lexington, Kentucky. A Puerto Ricana in Kentucky. How yeah. was that? It was. Oh man, it was a unique experience. I love Kentucky. First off, I love Kentucky. It's a beautiful place. I love Lexington. It's a it's a special city. There was certainly you know, not many other Latino families living around us. I had a really strong like church community. My dad and my grandma were both pastors of a Latino congregation, so that was our Latino community. But not a lot of Puerto Ricans. And um, I went to like this gifted and talented high school thing, and like there was like two Asian kids, one black kid, one Latina. You know, so at that point. Early on, did you already identify with your Puerto Rican side? Did you identify as a Latina, and what was that like, having that be part of your identity, but also in a place where there weren't really many reference points for it? 
Yeah. When I was 12, I went to Puerto Rico for the first time. Like I went when I, was, when I was a baby, but it was the first time I went and really connected with family. And I didn't speak Spanish very well at that time. And at the, I went and I was so mad that I couldn't communicate with my cousins. I wanted to speak Spanish and I really latched on to to that identity. So like my first AIM screen name was Boricua Child 220. <laughs> and my first email was Hibarita. You know, like Hibaro's, like, you know, you know. I'm in Chicago. You don't got to tell me. Yeah. So I really clung on to that. And, you know, it was amazing to live in Kentucky with my my immediate family, but also my grandparents. So I did have a sense of, like, Puerto Rican culture and pride and orgullo in that. How did you start to express that orgullo through music? I started singing and performing in church. So... I was just singing, you know, in the pews with everybody else. I had just moved to this whole new, brand new place. And um, a couple of women who went to my church, they approached me. They were they work at the middle school nearby. And they were like, hey, we think you're really talented. We have a friend who teaches at the University of Kentucky. We would love to connect you with her. She's from Venezuela. She's like a, a professor there. We want to pay for your voice lessons. So they started paying for my voice lessons. And with Dr. Noemi Lugo, I started training and getting classical voice training. But it wasn't, I mean, we were singing, we were singing songs in Spanish. Like she, she's the one who introduced me to the song Preciosa by Rafael Hernandez, which is so important to me now. Um, he's an incredible Puerto Rican composer. She is the one who really helped me connect to expressing that orgullo with my voice. Why is that song important to you? It's important to me because um, it's, for me, it feels like it's not like the Puerto Rican national anthem by any means, but it feels like that. It talks about the beauty of the island. It also talks about the strength and strength and resilience of its people. And I think that's really so crucial right now. It talks about, you know, one of the lines that really sticks out to me in that song is, um, No importa el tirano te trate con negra maldad, preciosa será sin bandera, sin lauros ni gloria. Preciosa, preciosa, te llaman los hijos de la libertad, which means, which, you know, for, for English-speaking listeners is, um, you know, it doesn't matter if the tyrant treats you very, very badly. You as an island will be so beautiful, even without flags, even without glory. The, the sons of liberty call you beautiful. So that was written um, so many years ago, but it still resonates today for me. When you think about what's been taking place on the island of Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria and just the resilience that's been shown of the Puerto Rican people, does your music take on maybe a different connotation? Certainly it's already had that orgullo as we've talked about, but does it does it take on a different feel these days? It does. It feels crucial for me to be doing what I'm doing. I love hanging out in Humboldt Park and I, I buy all of my plants from Adam Adam and Sons um, plant shop. And there's a man who works there and he's like, hey, you know, like an old Puerto Rican guy, he's like, hey, you know, like I've been following your music. We're so proud of you. Um, you're, you're a Latina who's really out there doing it. And that meant so much to me, just that um, my voice is out there and it's spreading it's spreading messages of, of joy and resilience and also, you know, other things that are super important to me, like our support systems, you know, Nena, Nena, Nena is a song that I 
submitted to the Tiny Desk concert. And it's about like how friendship and how those support systems are so crucial. So um, and specifically, you know, like Latinas, like sticking together. Right. So I'm singing it to girlfriends that are like in the song. It's like. You know, nena, 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 like, no me diga. Like, oh, my God. Like, what are you saying? Like, oh, my gosh. Like, what are you going to share next? Like, what's up with you? You know, so that's nena, nena, nena.
well, don't leave us hanging. ¿Qué me va a decir? <laughs> so there seems to be an air of solidarity with that song. You talk about, essentially, I have your back, you have mine, we have yeah. each other. At what point did this become the direction of your music, where you were speaking about not just Latina solidarity, but some of the other things that your songs encompass, considering that you came from a background where you could have easily gone into gospel music, let's say. Oh my gosh, yeah, well I was like, if you had asked me what I wanted to be when I was like 15 or something, I was like, oh yeah, I'm like totally going to be a missionary and like, whatever. <laughs> it's not too late. It's not too late, it's not too late. I think um, I used to read tons of fairy tales um, from all over the world. The J398.2 section was my favorite section in the library. So when I was a kid, and again, I wasn't like in a cultural context that was my own, I was really reaching out to all of those different cultures. And it didn't happen until I lived in Costa Rica for a while and um, just developed more as a musician that I was like, oh, there's so much richness in my own cultural tradition. There's so much richness in in um, in the music of Latino America and, um, and in singing in Spanish and singing for a Latino audience. So there's that, but also like being in Kentucky, I was like a part of fiddle club and like was super into folk and bluegrass music. So all of these pasos, all of these steps in my life have brought me to this mix that is Micha's music. Let's dive into more of Micha's music. So you were in Costa Rica, as you just alluded to. What did that teach you about yourself, your identity, but also... What did that do for your exploration of this Latino, Latinx folk music, considering Costa Rica is so rich in that history as well? Yeah, I um, so I lived there for two years. I was like, after this I is, This is when you were a missionary. No, 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 <laughs> not that. But I, I was there for two years after I graduated from college. I was going to move to New York and just like make music, but I didn't have any plans. And then I just took a big switch and I moved to Costa Rica. I'd been volunteering there for a couple of summers. And it was amazing to be there. I didn't have to explain myself or explain my Latinidad to anybody, let alone explain it to myself, more importantly. You know, I lived in a town called Monteverde, which is such a beautiful place. It's a true crossroads of scientists and artists, people studying biodiversity, um, Quakers, all of these different people coming together and people from all over Latino America, artists and scientists from 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 all over the place. So we could all just be exactly be exactly who we were. Let's do another song if you have another one in you. Yeah. What do you want to sing? We'll do a song called Muy Sinceramente. This song I wrote, I was 19. I was living in New York City for a summer. It was my first city summer. I wrote it first in English and I translated it in Spanish later when I was living in Costa Rica, actually. Um, but it has resonance for me even now. Um, it's about being really far away from the people that you love. Like, you know, I went away really far to school um, having experiences nobody in my family had ever had, and so that's intense. But there's a lot of there's a lot of love there still. So um, I think about this. Yeah, the the resonance of this song for me. Um, you know, we're in a moment now in the U.S. where so many people are being separated from their families, and that is so heavy. That is so heavy and so scary. Um, and so this song is. Hopefully just like a, just a, a hopeful voice in all of that, in like loving people who are far away and hoping that you can be together with them again, knowing that that love spans time and space. Te hice una carta con 
fotos de carros viejos, yo sé que son tus favoritos. Lo mandaré hacia los montes y los valles. Quizás tú me escribirás también. Yo te amo muy sinceramente. Te necesito, sí, muy claramente. Yo te extraño, sé que es imprudente. Yo firmaré mis cartas muy sinceramente, muy sinceramente suya. Ojalá que puedas leer mi escritura en este papel blanco y gris. Es triste cuando no recibo ninguna cartas. No hemos hablado en mucho tiempo. Yo te amo muy sinceramente. Te necesito, sí, muy claramente. que es imprudente yo firmaré mis cartas muy sinceramente muy sinceramente te mandaré un mensaje en una botella o una vez con una nota amarrada en su pie y si esos métodos fallan, las olas del mar lo mandarán. ¿Te recuerdas de la nota que yo puse en tu mano? Oh, yo te amo muy sinceramente. Te necesito. Sí, muy claramente, yo te extraño, sé que sí, prudente, yo firmaré mis cartas, muy sinceramente, muy sinceramente, suya, muy sinceramente. Suya. Muy sinceramente suya. Misha, continue success. Thank you so much for making time. Thank you.